0: Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. And are you ready for God's word today? Praise God. Praise God. I want to read to you out of Mark chapter 2. And we're in the middle of a series, part 2 of the the series, Unshakable. last week, we talked about unshakable faith. Um, This week, I'm going to talk to you about the blessing of disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed? Just me? Hmm. I'm going to turn this and preach to myself then. I'm kidding. But I want to talk to you about the blessing of disappointment. We're going to read out of Mark chapter 2. Because in the middle of being in a a series called Unshakable, uh, the idea is that we, we experience life, we experience life to the fullest, we experience problems and situations and trials. The, the issue is, is whether or not the trial wins, whether or not the, the persecution that comes or the issue or the, the problem that we experience wins in our life. And so uh, one of the byproducts, I believe, of, of, uh, of, of misinterpreting trials, misinterpreting persecution is this thing called disappointment. Now, let me give you just a quick definition. I'm going to give you a couple other points, but I want to give you this one right off the bat. And here's what disappointment is, I believe. Disappointment is an uncomfortable place or painful gap between our expectations and our reality. Let me say it again for you. Disappointment is an uncomfortable space or painful gap between our expectations and reality. What you need to know this morning is the level of pain and the length of pain or the length of of the gap is up to you. What you can sit in the gap between expectation and reality and live in this place of disappointment, or you can see disappointment as an opportunity. The blessing of disappointment, that just sounds wild, doesn't it? We've been disappointed, why would it be a blessing? And I'm gonna show you today how to manage that gap. We've all had things happen in our life that would bring disappointment. And so I want, to look at, I want to look at Mark chapter 2, and then we're going to look at Moses for a little bit, and then we're going to baptize somebody. We're going to dedicate a baby today. Come on, somebody. Um, and so we're going to do that immediately following our service. But Mark chapter 2, verse number 1, says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. So there it is. He's in this house. And the text is, there's these, they find out Jesus is home. He must have been on a trip. And he comes home and, uh, you know, brother can't even chill for a little bit. Watch little Ohio State. What's up? Somebody so you know what I'm talking about? All right, so stay focused, you people. Stay stay focused. All right, praise the Lord. Um. So he comes home and he's at this moment and he's teaching them the word of God. He's teaching them the scripture and he preached to them the word. And then verse 3 says, Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. So here's this man. He was paralyzed, wasn't able to walk. And the, the picture is, is he's on this cart, he's on this uh, 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 like stretcher deal. And his buddies each have a corner. And they, they heard of Jesus doing miracles. And they said, Let's take him to Jesus and Jesus will heal them. Now, keep in mind, their expectation is for him to be healed. Keep in mind, their expectation is that Jesus would wait on them hand and foot. Now, here we go. Then he says this. It says, says, some men bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them, verse 4, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. Now, that's where most of us stop. See, if we would have seen this scenario and we would have been there and we would have had our friends... When we got to the door and we seen, hey, we couldn't even get in. It was so packed that our expectation was that our friend would be uh, healed, our friend would experience deliverance, our friend would experience healing. And and all of a sudden, we get to this place and and the the room is packed and people standing outside looking in the windows and 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 here we are and we're like, hey man, like we don't we need we need this this guy needs healing, but. Most people, that was their expectation going in, but the reality was they faced a crowd. So they get to the door, and if it would have been me and you, we probably would have went, well, guess not today. I guess God doesn't want to do it in my life today. I guess he doesn't want to do it in my friend's life today. And we turn around and walk away and experience Disappointment. See, because we thought, man, if we could just get our friend to Christ and get him to Jesus, then God, God could do a work. He could set him free. But we get to the house, and it's crowded, and there's this disappointment that rises up in our hearts. Like, man, we had this expectation, but our reality is we really can't get to him. I love these dudes. These guys are amazing. See, they're not like us. Let's keep reading. Here's what he says. He says, because of the crowd, they couldn't get in, so they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Now, think of that for just a moment. There they are. They come, to the, they come to the house. It's crowded. They can't get in. And so these dudes are like, hey, let's go to the top. Let's get on top of the house. Let's tear the roof off and drop homie down through the middle, right? Okay, so here's the deal. Think about that. What would me and you have done? We would have, we, most people, when their expectation is not met, Waller in their disappointment, not these cats. No, these cats saw their disappointment as an opportunity. These guys saw their disappointment as their, as, as their disappointment as a blessing. That, oh, well, we thought God was going to do it this way, but God wants to do it another way. And all of a sudden, these cats, they take these boys up there. They take their, I man, can you imagine the paralyzed guy? Like, hey, man, like we up on this roof and this is pretty steep. What if I fall off? Well, you paralyzed you're gonna feel nothing anyway. Let's keep going. We we'll just pick you up, put you back up on the car, or take you back up to the top of the So they start tearing it off. And all of a sudden they look down and there's Jesus. He's teaching. Now can you imagine Jesus and the people? All of a sudden he's teaching, he's pontificating. He's like, here's what I say, here's what the father says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. And all of a sudden, snap, here comes the trees. The trees, sunlight, all in the house. And he's like, What in the world's going on here? They lower this dude in front of jesus interrupted the entire thing here he is jesus is trying to have this sermon he's trying to deliver these people with the word and these fools are interrupting him in this moment now listen listen to what it says it says this it says when jesus saw their faith in other words it even it wasn't even the paralyzed man's faith that got this man healed it was his friends it says their faith in other words These boys could have stopped at disappointment, but they saw that this disappointing or this obstacle that was in front of them could either be a blessing and a door and an opportunity, or they could see it as failure. So here's what happens. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Wait a minute. That ain't why we brought this dude here. We didn't bring this guy here to get his sins forgiven. Dude can't walk. It was, it was very different. So he, they lower him down, and he's like, hey, we saw, you, we saw your friend's faith, and so your sins are forgiven. And can you imagine a friend's another level of disappointment? Hey, Jesus, that ain't why we brought this dude here. We can care less about his, less about his sins. That's not what they meant. But he can't walk. He's paralyzed. That's why we brought him here. Our expectation was that he be healed. But Jesus, you did something different in the moment that didn't meet my expectation. And so in that moment, they could have lived in that disappointing moment. But all of a sudden, something happens in this passage when you start to see the mentality of Jesus, that he looks at him and he says, listen, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because there's some things in our life that even though we want them, we don't need them. In the moment, he didn't necessarily need an exterior healing first. What he needed was his f- sins forgiven, which was a picture of an internal work. There was an internal work that God was doing on the inside of this man first. And he, he, he really be just began to say to him, hey, the thing which I must do in your life doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. And, and later on in the passage, he's healed. But to start, it wasn't the healing. And if these boys would have stopped, this man would have never got healed. If they would have complained through their disappointment, this man would have never got healed. Why? Because Jesus said, I saw their faith. If he would have saw their doubt, he would have never been healed. If they would have misinterpreted disappointment as broke down failure instead of seeing it as a blessing, come on, somebody, as seeing it as a door, oh, God might not be doing it this way, but by God, he's going to do it some way. Let's get on the roof. So here's my advice to you about disappointment get over it that's what they did they got over it the disappointment was at the door and they said nope we're gonna get over it baby come on somebody they're gonna get on top of it why what happens when you get over it perspective changes their perspective totally changed And see, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to see our disappointment a little bit different than the way we've been seeing it. Isaiah 55, 8 says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. In other words, he wants us to get over it, not in a a physical sense, but in a perspective sense that you must get over, you you must view disappointment from a heavenly perspective. Oh, it wasn't that you lost the job. It was that there's another thing coming for you. It's all about how you handle disappointment. Disappointment is a door or a blessing. Listen to something higher. It's a, it's a door or a blessing to something higher. I believe God is going to call us out of this invisible prison that we get stuck in called disappointment. I'm going to give you another example this morning. A guy by the name of Moses, he led the people out of Israel or out of, out, of, uh, out of Egyptian bondage. He's crossing over the Red Sea, and he's taking them into the promised land. Now listen to what it says in, in Exodus chapter 15. It says this. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. So he brought them out of the wilderness and put them in the desert. They were going to the promised land, but they went to the desert. And listen to what it says. It says, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Now, how many of you know if you're on this journey, water is a necessity? You're in the desert. You need water. You ain't had it for three days, and it doesn't look like there's any on the horizon. And what this. It says, when they came to Marah, there was water there. Now, I want to read what kind of water there was. Now, think about this. When they came to Mara, all of a sudden, they see water. Can you imagine being in that place of expectation where you're like, finally, three days, no water, it's hot, there's sand in my teeth, I can't breathe, I'm sweating, I'm getting tanner, I went through the burnt stage, now I'm tan, I'm going through this thing, I need water, and all of a sudden you come tomorrow and you're like water, water, water sucks. Sorry, that's water boy, sorry, okay. And so, anyway, so. All right, so the point is this, is that their expectation was there's water. But when they got to the water, the expectation didn't reach their reality because the water was bitter. In other words, here's what it says. It says this. It says, when they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. How many of you would be disappointed? Come on, man. How many of you, you got a favorite restaurant, and you know what you're going to get? I go to Longhorn. We have some friends we go to Longhorn with. I get that Parmesan-crusted chicken. Come on, somebody. Some broccoli. Somebody's clapping about it. Some broccoli. Ooh, and their chicken wings are good, too. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, the salad, and you get all that. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it when I go to Longhorn. I get the Parmesan-crusted chicken. I get the green beans, and I'm looking for it. I'm like, hey, let's go. We're going to, we're going to do Parmesan chicken. Here we go, Parmesan-crusted chicken. I get there. I sit down. I said, I want the Parmesan-crusted chicken. She looks at me and says, we don't have it. <laughs> what do you mean we don't have it? <laughs> we got to figure it out. You better go out back and kill some chicken, find some Parmesan cheese. At Walmart, you better do something, because I need my Parmesan-crusted chicken. I'm in this place of expectation, but my reality says they don't have the the chicken. So I have an opportunity to be disappointed and order steak. Come on, somebody. I could be disappointed and go, this place is ridiculous. Or I could just jump over the other side of the menu and order that 16-ounce ribeye. Come on, somebody. Meaning, well, You come to me and tell me you ain't got that. We're going to have some flipping tables and all sorts of stuff. The point is this. The disappointment, our reaction to disappointment is up to us. It's up to us. It is a perspective. And these people were in this place where where they thought they were going to get water and they didn't end up getting it. So let me give you a couple things about disappointment. Disappointment, again, is when our expectations don't match our realities. And here's what happens most of the time when our disappointments uh, don't match our realities. It creates within us a second response, anger. It creates us in the second response, stress. It creates in us a, ne- a second response, complaining, grumbling. When our, when our expectation doesn't mean our reality and we're disappointed, it creates a byproduct of stress and anger and complaining and grumbling. It says it in, Ma- in Exodus 15, 24. It says, so that people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? So all of a sudden, the byproduct of their expectation not being met because of their reality was complaining. And most of the time, we complain and blame somebody else for our lack of ability to manage disappointment. So they went to the leader. How dare you lead us here? Hey, man, I'm just doing what I was told to do. I didn't know when we got here this was going to be. So back up. So all of a sudden... This byproduct because our expectations don't meet our, meet our reality. Here's another thing about disappointment disappointment is an opportunity to advance through your adversity. It's an opportunity to advance through your adversity. Exodus fifteen twenty five says this Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Now, I ain't got no, it doesn't make no sense what's getting ready to happen. It says, He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. A lot of disappointment in your life is a test of your response. And so here's what happened in this moment was God showed him another way. God, in that moment, wanted him to trust him not control the situation and so disappointment is an opportunity to advance through your adversity. they could have stopped at the door no these guys were wanting to advance they were wanting to get over it so they they get over it they wanted to get over it they want, they, they, they wanted to get over it and so here's the deal what one says then the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test they had a decision. To make the next one is this disappointment is a disruption, not a destination. Come on, hear me now. Disappointment is a disruption, not a destination. See, they could have they, they, they could have came up to the door, or or Moses could have came up to Mara and the bitter the bitter waters, and they could have they could have looked at it and said, man, this is just a dis. This is just a destiny. Here's where we're going to stay. We're never going to have water. Our friend's never going to be healed. And all of a sudden, we start grumbling. We start complaining. And we start living in this place of disappointment when God is trying to communicate something to us. And here's what he says. It's a disruption, not a destination. It's a speed bump in the road, not a place that you're supposed to get out and put up a tent and camp. Here's what he says in Exodus 15:27. Then they came to Eliam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Listen, they had, Elium was three blocks away from Mara. They never got to experience Elium if they don't handle Mara correctly. They don't get the 12 springs of blessing if they don't handle Mara well, if they don't handle the bitterness well, if they don't handle the disappointment well. They don't get to the next stage. Some of you will stay stuck until you learn how to manage disappointment. They they sat, they they camped at the springs, but because they realized that Mara was just a disruption, not our destination. So when they got to their destination, they were like, hey, pull the RVs out, baby. This is where we're staying. They set up camp and it became their destination a blessing some of you can't come into blessing cuz you too much you too you're too busy nursing your disappointment God wants you to come out of the disappointment. God wants you to understand that it might feel like a door has shut, but man, if you can just manage Mara, all of a sudden there's gonna be 12 springs or 12 doors that's gonna open up for you, your family, your friends, your community, your state, your nation, if we would just manage Mara well. So how do we move through this? Number one, here's what they did. Here's what we're going to do to get through disappointment, to manage Mara correctly, is number one, I'll cry out to God. These are the I wills of God. This is what you're going to do. You're going to cry out to God. Point one is you're going to cry out to God. Psalm 40 says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. That's got to be our response is we're going to cry out to God. We're not going to try to fix Mara. We're we're, we're not going to deal with, we're not going to just hang out and and, and camp at Mara. No, there's an ileum that God wants us to get to. There's a blessing that God wants us to get to. And we must see disappointment as a door to blessing. How are we going to do this? 2 Corinthians, it says, we'll cry out to God. Most of the time, crying out to God is your last resort, not your first response. Most of the time, it's, hey, how can we get this thing to fix? How are we going to fix Mara? What are we going to do? Let's put down five steps and how we're going to fix Mara, and what are we going to do? Can you believe Jason? He's the leaner, and he led us to this pond, and it's bitter. We can't drink. <laughs> we grumble. We complain. We try to fix Mara. How are we going to fix Mara? When God says, listen, I don't want you to stop at Mara. I have a destination for you. See, here's what you have to understand, is that if you're ever going to come out of disappointment, and get over it, you have to cry out to God as your first response. Listen to what this says, Second Corinthians 1, 9 and 10. It says, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us. For he can even raise the dead. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death, yes. And we expect him to do it again. And again, moving through disappointment, getting over disappointment, you must cry out to God. Number two is this. You must determine that I will grow through this. There were some lessons at Mara that they learned. There were some things of growth that they must have understood in this moment. Is that you must make a decision that you will not die in this, but you will grow through this. That's your decision. Nobody else can make that decision for you. Can't be your husband, can't be your wife, can't be your grandma, can't can't be your mama. It has to be you. You have to make a decision. I will grow through this. Galatians 3, 4 says this in the Passion. says, have you endured all these trials and persecutions for Nothing. This was a question, have you done all this for nothing? And then Proverbs says this, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Listen to what James 1 says, my fellow brothers, believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity. When you're going through some stuff and you're disappointed, see it as an opportunity. See it as a blessing to experience the greatest joy that you can. Here's what he says. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being. There's nothing missing and nothing lacking. You're going through this. You're you're walking through this disappointment. Why? Because there's something that God wants to grow in you. He's going to grow something in you first, like he forgave the sins first, and then you'll see a manifestation on the outside. The outside was the paralytic was healed. For us, it's God working in us. We're growing through this. We're growing through the disappointment. We make a choice to cry out to God. We make a choice to not live in grumbling and complaining and, and, and live in this place of strife and discord. No, we say we're going to grow through this. And what God does on the inside of you, listen to me, the measure of the pain that you must navigate on the inside is going to determine the bigness of the dream and the destiny on the outside. You didn't catch that. Like I said earlier, you're slow, but you're worth waiting for. In here, he does it in here first, and he expands you here before he can expand you out here. He dealt with the sin first and then he dealt with the exterior healing. So for us we must understand that we're going to grow through this. I love 2 Corinthians 7:11. Shoot, I missed 7:11. Get them slurpees. And now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which the distress has spurred you closer to God? What a perspective. He says And now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which the distress has spurred you to get closer to God? He's growing you through it. He says, you're more alive than ever before. More concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looking at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we need? Isn't that what we want to see God do? Is we want to see God grow through us that we grow through this that that we are spurred to live closer to god and we'll come out more alive more concerned more sin. come on how many of you want to be more alive how many of you want to be more zealous for god how many of you want to how many of you want to grow through this thing of disappointment that you're going through i believe god wants to by his holy spirit make us more passionate making us more responsible then we'll come out with a purity of heart. The word spur means to stimulate into action. It's like a, it's like one of those, uh, like one of them jockey boys get on top of that horse and they, yay! Like, hey, hey, hey. And that horse is kind of going through the motions until all of a sudden that spur, that cowboy spur, just right in there. And when it gets in there, all of a sudden that horse is like what do and they're gone. That's what God wants to do. He wants to stick his Holy Spirit spur in the side of you to get your butt moving down the road. He wants you to grow through it. And number three is this. I will trust Jesus with my future. If you're going to walk through disappointment and see the the blessing of disappointment and get over disappointment, you must trust Jesus with your future. Here's what trust is. It's very simple. Trust is this. Lay it down before God and never pick it up again. But what we want to do is we want to lay it before God one Sunday, and then about Wednesday, we're trying to manipulate what we gave to God. We're over here saying, God, I don't know if you can really do it. Like, I can do it, you know, and we're trying to mess with it. No, let it go. Trust him with it by never touching it again. He's got your future. He's got a plan for you. You were created to trust, not control. That's what God has for you. You must relinquish your rights if you're going to get over disappointment. If you're going to trust Jesus with your future, you must relinquish your rights. Psalm sixteen five says, you, Lord, are all I have, and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. Cry to God. Make a decision to grow through it and trust Jesus with your future. You know, as we back up to Marah, Mara was a place where the, the water was bitter and God showed him a tree. The Bible says that he took the tree and put it into the bitter water and made it sweet. This is actually a foreshadowing of what is to come. And you listen to this in Exodus 15, 25. It says, so he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Fast forward to Galatians 3.13, it says this. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. See the cross was a picture. Mara was a picture of the bitterness and the brokenness in our hearts, separated from sin. And then Jesus forecasts and, and prophetically declares in this in the Word of God that the tree by which that must that that came into the earth that was that was that he was laid upon nails in his hands, nails in his feet, and when they took that cross from the ground on that day on the hill of Golgotha, the place of the skull, they took that cross and they lifted up those Roman soldiers. Boom! It was set into the earth. And as it sat in the earth and Jesus hung between heaven and earth, he was hanging on a tree. Bible says that when the cross of Jesus enters the chaos of your disappointment, when the cross of Jesus enters the chaos of your bitterness, when the cross of Jesus enters the place of your brokenness, your pain, and your disappointment, He makes it sweet. Forgiveness happens. Deliverance happens, freedom happens, opportunity happens, blessing happens. In order to get to blessing, we must accept the cross of Jesus Christ into our hearts. With every head bowed and every eye closed, those of you that are watching online as well, maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Or maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away from Him. Maybe you are living in that place of disappointment and and living in that place of sin. Maybe you're living in that place of, of brokenness and pain. Listen to me today. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Accept the cross in your life. Relinquish the control and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and transform you allow the holy spirit to come and transform you in this moment and so if you're in this place and you say pastor i want to trust jesus with my future i want jesus to be the lord of my life today maybe you're watching online or you're in the person today if that's you would do me a favor we just raise up your hand if that's you today in the room you say i want to make jesus the lord of my life like i'm tired of playing church i really want to live for god i need to make him the lord of my life yes ma'am if you're watching online today and you say, that's me, do me a favor, hit that raise your hand button or, or, or put a little emoji in there that you're saying yes. I believe there's a link there that you can that you can click on, but we want to know if you're saying yes to Christ today. So if we could, all across the room, people that are saying yes in the room and online today, let's pray together. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Today, I receive him as Lord of my life. By faith today, thank you that you'll transform me, that you'll make me into a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, man. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.